This is Andrew's story. Andrew was a dive master working in Thailand for a dive center that was in financial difficulties. One day, the owner told him that he had a group of six divers the next day who wanted to do a wreck dive. All had prepaid, and the income from this trip would enable the owner to pay his staff that week. Everything went fine on the way to the site, and the boat tied up to a marker buoy attached to the wreck while the divers prepared their equipment. As everyone was getting ready, Andrew noticed that the line from the buoy to the boat was starting to quiver and that whirlpools were forming in the sea around them. He told the divers that the current seemed to be picking up and it might be difficult for them to swim to the buoy and the descent line to the wreck. He advised them that it might be better to wait until conditions improved. The divers were all in their wetsuits by now, sitting fully geared up on the dive deck in the heat of the day. They were not happy to hear this and told Andrew they didn't want to wait. They were ready. They were hot and they had plans for that afternoon so did not want to spend all day on a dive boat. Andrew relented and instructed the crew to set a surface line from the marker buoy. He told the divers that if they wanted to go now, the only way to reach the buoy would be to grab the surface line as they jumped into the water, pull themselves hand over hand to the buoy, and then descend along the line to the wreck. But he warned them again that the current was very strong and that he felt it would be better to wait. They ignored the warning, and the spokesman of the group stood up and made his way to the entry point. He dropped in, grabbed the line, and held on briefly before the current tore it from his grasp and carried him away. Within seconds, he was 100 metres, 330 feet, behind the boat and shouting for help. Andrew asked the other divers to sit down, told the crew to untie the boat and set off to pick up the drifting diver. As the boat pulled away, the current pulled the marker buoy under the surface, hiding the wreck's location. With no other wrecks in the area and no option now but to go elsewhere, Andrew took the divers to a sheltered location where they did a reef dive instead. Later, back at the dive centre, the group asked for a refund on the basis that the promised wreck dive had not been delivered. They blamed Andrew for doing a bad job, and once the group had left, the owner blamed him too. You may not be the most powerful or influential person in the company, but as the person actually running the dive, the final responsibility is yours, which means that you need to be a decision maker. As you can see from the above examples, the decision to cancel a dive is rarely straightforward. It can be influenced by a number of competing factors and often requires a great deal of courage and conviction. Nobody can tell you in advance what decision to make as the circumstances will always be different. However, what holds true in every case is that if your first priority is always the safety of your dive group, then no matter if the decision you take turns out to be the correct one or not, you will always know that you acted for the right reasons. Smart dive centre owners should always support staff who put the well-being of the customers first, and if your boss doesn't support you, maybe you should be working for a different dive centre.